Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, joined by special guest James Marcita. You might know him as the Provolone Ranger or the old host of Locked On Knicks because we just passed 1,500 episodes. Thought it was time to celebrate, so I brought James in to hang out for a bit. We're going to talk about the Knicks-Raptors controversy that you probably heard about in the first segment and then get into some truly unhinged mailbag questions that we got from across the internet coming up right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. I appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. And make sure you hit that auto-download function on your favorite podcast app or the notification bell on YouTube so you never miss an episode. We're still here for you guys like four to five times a week, even during the doldrums of the offseason. So you want to make sure you never miss one of those episodes, especially this episode with special guest James Marcita. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Dick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at strict.land. He's James Marcita, former host of Locked On Knicks, uh, the immediate predecessor to Gavin and I, and uh, someone who is still probably uh, uh, much more popular with a certain segment of the fan base, even, uh, oh my God, almost five years later. Uh, <laughs> because there's still, I swear, some iTunes reviews are like, oh, where did James go? Who are these clowns that they replaced him with? Um, James, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I bet, you know, there are people now who uh, are listening to Locked On Next who weren't alive when I was even the host. So. <laughs> you think there's some five-year-olds, four-and-a-half-year-olds? <laughs> that just made me think of the people who were like, there's literally like adults who weren't alive when 9-11 happened is like the big how old we are meme. <laughs> so I was like thinking of that earlier. Like, is there actually possibly? Uh, I have, yeah. I have how many of these 1500 were you guys? Do you know? I, I have no, we have been around. Stars. We have been around for episode 500, <laughs> 1000 and 1500. Uh, okay. I think sure. when we came in, it was somewhere in like the 300s. I'm not a hundred percent. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, it was like, because it was, it was about two years. Because, like, Dubin hosted it for the first, like, what, year? And then you were, like, the next year and change? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I wasn't even that long. I'm, like, I don't even know what. Like, the fifth Beatle. Like, the guy who got <laughs> kicked out before. But you left <laughs> the last really thing started. People still bring you up to this day, good. man. And then, yeah, then Gavin and I have been holding <laughs> it down for damn near five years now, which is crazy. Well, to congratulations to you guys. That is a uh, <laughs> – it is – I, I, it's hard for me to be serious, but that is like an impressive achievement. It's just just from like a f-ing work. Sorry for the cursing. Uh, just from the work uh, load standpoint. I mean, that's just an immense amount of hours that you guys have put in. So I am impressed. 
I almost had a breakdown after a season and a half. So <laughs> I've had multiple. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Speaking of breakdowns, uh, let's talk about how Ooh. things are breaking down between the Knicks and the Raptors right now. Not that there was a steady foundation there to begin with, but uh, I figure we should. We're going to do two episodes together. So uh, if you're listening today, come back tomorrow for some more James action. And but you know, we're going to talk about some weird crap that people asked us, like in the Strickland Discord and on Twitter and whatever. Um, but before that, we should probably talk about some actual Knicks news. So Gavin and I haven't gotten into this Knicks-Raptors thing yet. Uh, so the Knicks are suing the Raptors. Uh, that's that's cool. Um, I, oh, man. I have not heard his name spoken out loud properly, and I'm going to butcher it. Uh, but Ikechukwu Azatam, who worked for the Knicks uh, from 2020 to 2023, uh, was hired by the Raptors this offseason, and apparently, according to a lawsuit filed by the Knicks, sent the Raptors thousands of confidential files, including play frequency reports, a prep book for the 2022-23 to season, video scouting files, opposition research, and more after the team began recruiting him to join their organization in summer 2023 to report to new Raptors head coach uh, Darko Rajakovic. Uh, so, James, what's your reaction to this news How's how large should the punishment be for the Raptors here? Let's let's start there. <laughs> Assuming that they're large. guilty, of course. <laughs> they should have to listen to every Dubin episode of Locked On Knicks. Oh, uh, what in a, a shot. row! <laughs> I thought you were going to say JD and the Straight Shot albums or something. No, I was lower blow, even meaner. Um, I don't know. It's uh, when I first heard it, you know, the things that they're accused of are obviously um, like insane. It, go, it goes way beyond uh, like normal behavior for someone leaving an organization and going to another. The one thing that I think is weird about it that I honestly haven't spent enough time like digging into to have a super informed opinion on, but you know, usually you do mediate these disputes between each other, like with, you know, Adam Silver or whoever the commissioner is like issuing a ruling and it doesn't really get to a point of being sued in the American legal system. So that does sound like odd and like, ha Nixie, like this, but I don't know enough about like really what's being alleged here as far as like, it's it, if they did the right thing or not in doing that, it does strike me as, a little odd, but what he did and what, what he's alleged to do or whatever uh, is wild. So I can kind of see without being an expert in this area of, uh, you know, the law um, or even in like the CPA and what these guys are like really expected to do when something like this happens. It, it does seem pretty intensely flagrant and like, come on. Like, we yeah, we know like, a normal good employee like would have most of this stuff in their head. They, like, you know what I mean? Like they would, mm -hmm. uh, they would understand kind of like the philosophy behind how they set up these queries in synergy or whatever, and not need to just give them the login, which is like so blatant that I'm like, okay, I could see why they sued them. I just don't know if they even gave the league a chance. And if they didn't, I'm like, I kind of wish they did because we would just, would be able to avoid hearing all the people be like, hur, hur, Knicks, you know, and those kind of takes, which are, you know, beyond stale at this point. But yeah. that, that's 
that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. So, like, I was listening to uh, – he'll come up in a second when he asks uh, some mailbag questions of us. But uh, our, our good friend Poo on Pod Strickland uh-huh. did a really cool interview. I didn't get through all of it on my drive home today from work, but I got through a good portion of it. Uh, interviewed a NYU law uh, professor and IP lawyer, Michael Kasdan, and did like a whole like like uh, live Q&A with him on YouTube and whatever. And and I was listening to what Michael had to say about it. And it sounds sort of like it, he's done. He did a little bit of research into it, like immediately because he was like, I'm a Knicks fan and I'm a lawyer and I want to learn about this stuff because, you know, he that's like what he does for work. But he was like, you know, the league constitution say that you're supposed to sort of like go through league channels before you pursue something like in the legal system. And there's been some legal precedent for stuff like this. Like um, there's the most famous one was um, which I'd forgotten about, honestly, until they brought it up uh, during there, but like the Cardinals and the Astros in baseball, where an employee had gone from, I think it was from the Astros to the Cardinals, but it could have been the other way, other way around. I forget because it wasn't important to me, but uh, there, there actually was like, corporate espionage like lawsuits that were filed and the dude ended up like going to jail uh over that but this seems a little more benign than that and more like it's just sort of like a civil suit and i don't know maybe this was the next way where like they just sort of like they brought this stuff up to the league and the league said eh we're not worried about it or was kind of dragging their feet and then the Knicks said well you know if you guys are gonna drag your feet then we're just gonna make this public and we're gonna file a civil suit which in the grand scheme of things is worth nothing because like the Raptors ownership group and Dolan are probably two of the richest owners in the entire NBA. So they're going to be like, what are we going to like exchange a couple million dollars here? Like in a civil suit, but this feels more like it was a statement for the Knicks to be like, look at this thing that we're bringing your attention to and you're not paying attention to it. Maybe just because we're the Knicks or maybe just because like standards in the league are flawed in this way. And they like, don't seem to care about this sort of like, stealing of data and stealing of of resources and whatever but i i think it's interesting the knicks might be for better or worse involved in something sort of precedent setting here i feel like i, I could also see them wanting to send a message to the employee himself yeah. who did it you know like because what if the league does punish people it's, it's probably at the organizational level like they'll mm-hmm. find the raptors they'll give mm-hmm. dock them uh you know a, a draft pick or whatever but it's it's this guy whose name neither of us wants to pronounce for fear of butchering it, who like made it possible. And I could see the Knicks wanting to be like they want to really discourage someone from doing that again. Uh, and so like naming them specifically in a lawsuit, I think you know would make a future employee think twice if they know that they could like be held liable. Now I'll say like I think sending someone to jail for something like this is beyond insane, uh, especially given the way like prisons work in our country. But regardless, like. This kind of like this. This isn't like uh, you know uh, setting up subprime mortgages that makes millions <laughs> of people lose their houses or something. Which like yeah, like maybe those guys should go to jail. But like you know basketball secrets like get real. Come on, like you shouldn't like ruin someone's life for it. But I, I get wanting to be like no, we're gonna try to like fiscally punish you if you do something like this. And I think it's fair. I mean, what especially with how brazen like to give them mm-hmm. the login. And then the Knicks, someone lock, you know, the Knicks get the Netflix, like, someone signed in in Toronto. Like, do you want to do anything about this? Is this, if this is you, ignore this email. It's okay. You know, like, yeah. Can you imagine, like, you know, like when you get that, like, 
I, don't, I get it all the time, like from like the Strickland Twitter account, for example. Like if someone logs in on like a new phone or a new computer, it's like someone just logged in from like, you know, New Jersey or New York or whatever. And I'll just be like, oh, yeah, no big deal. But like, can you imagine just sitting there if you're the Knicks and you get that like the two factor authentication email being like, did you just log in in Toronto <laughs> did, like, on six? People computers? talk about Dolan being petty. But if I'm like the IT guy or whatever for the Knicks and I yeah. see that, I'd be like, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is just so yeah, like my face in it. Like, this? exactly. Like, yeah. like, did you really think that we wouldn't pay attention to that? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Log in. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Well, all the best to. uh to the assistant coach whose whose name is quite frank. I'll I'll give it one more shot. Coach Coach Azatom. Uh best of luck to you, buddy. You got James Dolan coming after you. I don't know how well that's gonna go, man. I don't know. He's he's sunk a lot of money into like Charles Oakley, even. They're <laughs> gonna know, like murder him in the sphere and broadcast yeah. it. Yeah, bury him up to his neck lock on the floor up. in the sphere and stone him to death. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see how it all goes. But anyway, all right, let's uh let's get into some some we took mailbag questions and we honestly didn't get a ton of a ton of response off Twitter, but we got a lot out of the Strickland Discord, and some of them are quite frankly unhinged. There's a lot of food questions because people know it. that you're a big food guy, so uh, let's take our, our first little break to quickly remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. And if you're picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, which why would you not? Labor Day's right around the corner. You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it? You could do that with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you can get cash back. It really is that easy. The average Ibotta user earns 120 bucks per year. That could be the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving, or that copy of NBA 2K24 you've been wanting to get, which we'll talk about in a minute with James. Uh, other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you can get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners 5 bucks for just trying Ibotta with the code LOCKED when you register. Uh, would you turn down $5 on the street? And why would you turn it down now? So just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right, we're back in, and you know what? The the token Knicks talk is done, James. It's time to go down memory lane at this point. And uh, we, we got a bunch of questions that were all similar topic but different framing. So I'll go through all of them real quick at once. Actually, no, not all of them. I'll, I'll save the last one for at the end here. Um, but first one comes from Schwinnipoo. Where he says, how does James feel about having his legacy so clearly surpassed by his successor to the point that nobody even remembers his days as a host? Uh, conversely, Jax365, who is uh, at Jax365 on Twitter, uh, wants to know, does James think he made the right decision to forward Alex to be one of his replacements on Locked on Knicks? And then Duder Adam, who I believe, uh, so that's his name on our Strickland Discord. I believe he is uh, the Fiend Machine on Twitter. Uh, is it a mere coincidence that James left the <laughs> Locked on Knicks world just before their return to prominence? Or does James have, quote, loser vibes? 
So, return to prominence. I don't know. There, if was, it, no, there was no prominence before me. <laughs> yeah, the return implies it was there first. You know, it's a, the rise to prominence, perhaps, is what he was looking for. Uh, way, Jay, way to write a sentence, Deuter Adam. Congratulations. <laughs> Learn to write, buddy. Uh, but no, let's 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 take a trip down memory lane a little bit. What's this is a perfect opportunity for a cheesy like uh, you know we're fifteen hundred episodes in the locked on Knicks now. You were you're here for about the first like I don't know we're guesstimating four hundred something of them. What was your favorite uh, favorite locked on Knicks memory? Favorite locked on Knicks memory. I don't, it's uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, was it all the times when you had your most illustrious guest, Alex Wolf? Come on, yeah. You know, it was the friends we made along the way. Uh, <laughs> it does. Honestly, it feels good. Uh, someone framed it like that, you know, you were complete. I think Schwinn is like, no one even remembers when you were host or whatever. Um, you know, I did recommend you to David Locke. And it feels good that you're still here, like from like a egotistical standpoint. It's like, yeah, my, rec- my recommendation was a good one. You know, uh, it, it did pan out. You've done an awesome job. So uh, that feels good. And like any amazing father uh, will tell you, uh, and I am an amazing father. Uh, I love you, Dylan. Uh, shouts to my daughter, two years old in June. Um, you, you know, you, you're proud when your kid uh, <laughs> surpasses what you accomplished. So really, you could, you could say that I was your first foray into parenting and I prepared yes, you to be a yes. good dad, right? You're in in many ways my son, you know, <laughs> and so <laughs> you just, you just, you, one day you'll buy me a house. We haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but... <laughs> keep keep waiting, buddy. <laughs> I'll buy you a casket someday. Or you, you contribute to my mortgage, which I still have twenty eight years left on. <laughs> so does mine. What a coincidence! <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as favorite memories go, like no one thing sticks out. It was just like. A, it always felt good to um, interact with like fans who enjoyed the show. Um, you know, that it's like, it's easy to just sit there and like enjoy something and not reach out to people. And so like when someone would reach out just to be like, Hey, like I love what you're doing or whatever, like that's a, like, legitimately like a very nice feeling. Cause yeah, there's a part of you that does it. Cause uh, you know, you, you want to share your opinions and you love basketball and all those things, but it's also to have an audience and, to have like an engaged audience that cares and like, you know, sends you props every once in a while, like feels really good. My, my, my like worst memory was my horrible interview of Frank Nilakina, which was the only <laughs> player interview I did the whole time, which was like so awkward on like a nine minute delay phone that like, you know, it was like impossible to talk to him. Like his English wasn't great. I asked him if he had the pizza yet. I was like, it was like so bad. Um, and it's funny. I happened to, for those who are looking on, uh, who are watching on YouTube, um, I'm at the end of my laundry. So I'm wearing like sports t-shirts, which I don't wear a lot. And I've actually got my number 11, not Jalen Brunson, but Frank Nilakina uh, jersey on, uh, which I think is the last Nick jersey that I bought. It's probably time to upgrade that to a Brunson one. Uh, but that that was probably the all time low. I was so pumped to get him. It was like through like I had to like talk about Mountain Dew for like eight minutes or something terrible <laughs> like that in order to get him. But like other podcasts weren't getting NBA players. And I was like, nice. This is like a huge get. And then I was just like nervous and it was awkward because I wasn't used to like interviewing famous people and. Uh, yeah, 
that was that that one sticks out <laughs> i was i was actually when you said like oh i don't know if i have a favorite memory i was gonna bring it up and be like what about the the illustrious frank nilakina interview <laughs> just like bust your balls a little bit because i remember that you didn't love that one. <laughs> oh, i hated it i did such a bad job i mean it's fine you know i would have done better if i ever like had another player on like that's what happens you fail you had, learn and you grow but i, I would have had something similar if i had taken over locked on Knicks from you like two months earlier I would have aired the Kevin Knox interview I did. And I had to do something very similar where it was like, I got to, I got invited to go interview him at a, at the Tissot store in. I remember that. Uh, and it was like, no, it was like for, uh, posting and toasting. I did that for PNC back then. Yeah. And that was like during his for like his first season had already started like it was like december like it was a month in and i'm like why are we doing this now and not like before the season i didn't totally understand that um but i like went in and like talked to him and stuff and that was also like they were like make sure you ask like something like tso related i'm like sick <laughs> like i gotta yeah, cook up a question about these watches i don't freaking know it's the like, worst. And if you like, want to get them, and then you have to advertise it like you was yeah. real. You're like, oh yeah, yeah I got like Kevin bro. Knox we're here in the. T- I think my Can't question we- is like, we're here in the Tissot store. Like, what's your favorite watch? <laughs> or like, what's your favorite I, thing about this cool watch that has the? You Knicks were always like a little bit better though with like, with those people in general. Like, I just couldn't help getting nervous, even though like as a man, like I don't really give a shit about. Sorry, Kurskin, like Frank Milikina, <laughs> but there was something about just like someone being a celebrity that like made me a little like. I don't know. Like people are looking forward to hearing this or something. It's like I don't think they're better than me, like at all. But like I don't know. I get a little like tongue tied. It's not like or it, it doesn't come like supernaturally to me. You you did one. I mean, again, it was one of these like stupid Tso type ones. But I thought you did one with like Michael Porter Jr. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying same like, the same deal for Locked On Knicks. I think no, that was that was the PNT too. But I did that before the draft. Yeah, but I think I used it for the podcast. Maybe that's like during the you might have once I was doing the PNT podcast, the frozen envelope. Maybe cut for anyone who remembers that. I might anyway. have sent I might have sent you some audio files too, like because I did the interview yeah. and I think I I might have just like sent you my recorder files. I forget, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I used it for something, so yeah. that, that's why. Like, and I remember being like, ah, oh, he's pretty good. He doesn't seem at all like intimidated. Yeah, maybe teaser against Michael Porter Jr., who's yeah. like one of the dumbest people in the league. <laughs> <laughs> well, by that point, no offense, I, MTJ. No I drafted you in my locked on mix. Uh, <laughs> Dude, fantasy. wait, I did. I did the accounting on all of our locked on mock drafts going back to when you mm-hmm. started doing them. The Knicks would have a freaking dynasty right now if we had been drafting for them. Like these poor saps in the locked on. NBA mock drafts, dude. Like we've been running circles around them for years. We're we're I mean, light it was years easy ahead. to 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 do that as a mock draft because I could just ignore yeah. his injury history. Yeah, that was the big yeah. thing with him. Like I thought he was immensely talented, and yeah. he had you know I can't believe he's been as healthy as he has been given all the insane surgeries he's had and the weird foot things. I don't even know. Like when you read about them, you're like, what? Like how is yeah. this guy even walking? He had really bad back injuries. Like before he even stepped foot on an NBA floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's enough, enough enough yeah, yeah. enough about Michael Porter. Yeah, that's enough about Michael Porter, though. All right, before we before we uh, head into the truly unhinged questions to end this show, what was your favorite nickname you did? Uh, this comes from uh, Rokobitis Syndrome uh, mm-hmm. in our in our uh, Discord, who I think is Enemy Wave on Twitter. Uh, I think I know that's what his 
Discord handle was. I think that's also his Twitter handle. I think that's correct, yes. Uh, James, what was your favorite nickname you did during the intros, and why was it Patrick Ewing? <laughs> Patrick Ewing was good. I, I had a bunch that were like one-offs that I thought were really funny but were like a little too unhinged to use them a lot. And I can't remember what they were. Like those were the ones that I kind of think were the funniest because they were like just weird references to stuff. And again, a great story. I don't have a good uh, reference. I can't think of anything specific, but those were some of my favorites. But the one that I use like all the time that was my favorite was uh, Def Jam Gundy. Mm. Um, I liked that it was like an old school reference. I liked that it was a double old like school obvious reference. double old school reference. Yeah. That's true. Def Jam and Def, Jeff Van Gundy. I was thinking of Van Gundy as, yeah, that's like how old I am. I'm like, no, Def Jam's current. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tommy Boy Records, those are all the best. Uh... Death Row, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, that was my, I, I like the, the rhyme wasn't like super predictable. Yeah. Um, that one always just, yeah, I enjoyed that one. thought that was nice. Yeah, I was, uh, I was always a big Provolone Ranger guy myself, so... I really like that one, and then someone pointed out that like someone online had like made that pun before me. I was like, ah, and that kind of like it took doesn't the bloom off the rose a little bit. Yeah, you, you got there yourself, so it's fine. Uh, we but, both invented know. the wheel, just on the other sides of the world. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's all it was. That's all it was. Don't don't down yourself. That was a brilliant invention. Thank you. Thank all right, let's uh, let's take our final little break here. We'll come back in, and then we've got some food questions because everybody always wants James's food takes because of the. Uh, because of salting the pasta water and all that good stuff. So we, we got some food questions coming up next in the last segment of this episode of Locked On Next. All right, we're back in. James, we're continuing with some questions here. We got food questions that people wanted to know about. Because, you know, as a known connoisseur of the culinary arts, uh, your opinion in this this field is, is very respected uh, among former Knicks podcasters. Um, so, so we need to get your opinion on these. Um, so Duder Adam, uh, who again, I believe goes by fiend machine on Twitter. Uh, this is, this is a lengthy one. This is one that could only come from discord because it's probably longer than you could do without a blue subscription on Twitter. Uh, Adam wants to know you die. Cool. In the afterlife, you're presented with two doors. One leads to a limitless supply of one Italian dish of your choice. It is perfectly made. I already know what you're going to pick for this question, but I'll keep reading. The other leads to a room where any food you could possibly think of appears before you, but it's all average. You have to exist in the room you choose for the rest of eternity. Two questions. One, which room do you choose? And two, do you think you're in heaven or hell? Yeah, I don't want to make, you know, Adam feel bad or anything, but I didn't have to think about this one for more than like half a second. And it's I, I want everything. Who wants to eat one thing for the rest of their life? You thought I I'm going thought, for the one thing? I thought you were going to pick like one perfectly made Italian dish. No, hell no. Eh, yeah, hell lots. no. I, I'm picking many. the mid food of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everything versus one thing? No. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, well, average food is still good. You know, it's not bad, at least. It's just not the best thing I've ever eaten. Be like going what, to Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Applebee's and Olive Garden, you know. <laughs> I would figure out a way to game that system, too. Like, who's cooking it, you know. Start, like, start making fat sandwiches. Be like, we can well, make I guess to, like, better. pick the ingredients. You know what I mean? Why is it average? Is it just, like, a little cold? Like, what's going on here? Uh, yeah. I'm imagining it's just, like, from a... 
from like a restaurant that you wouldn't necessarily go back to a second time or like your favorite dive bar that doesn't make the best food, but you still just order the food there because it's convenient kind of thing. You know, I don't know. Like that's sort of like, I, you know, I don't know if you're like 12 years old, you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, but like, what am I going to have a, a bowl of honey nut Cheerios every morning? For... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. what I did. Like as a child, I think I had that breakfast for like eight years in a row. I used to eat like um, toaster strudels every day. That's my thing. God. I was just reminiscing about toaster strudels at work the other day and the toaster scrambles, which had like eggs and stuff in them. They're really good. Did you like heat up the, the that you put on top? Can I say that on laptop? No, it's not making me take down time codes. Oh God. All right. Um, the white sauce. You can fill in the blanks of what you just said. Um, uh yeah uh no you didn't have to heat that part up because the pastry was so warm that it would it would make the icing like you would just kind of like heat the icing up in your hands real quick so it would just like squeeze out of the mm -hmm. tube and then it would <laughs> melt on top and then you eat it and it would be delicious it was very good um as far as the do you think you're in heaven or hell obviously it has to be hell right because there are no allegedly there are no difficult decisions in heaven like you would just get bountiful amounts of whatever food you wanted in heaven right i would say yeah, it's a purgatory thing hell. this feels like yeah. purgatory I don't it's know. definitely not ideal and like if you can't ever access anything that's like perfect it's like you're somewhere where someone is like watching you and mm -hmm. like controlling things and there's like no one there who knows how to cook or if they are they're not allowed to so yeah it, it might it's either purgatory or hell definitely not heaven yep in agreement there. All right, let's let's move to another question here uh, from our buddy Mikey Cooks, uh, who I think is at Mikey Cooks on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this came from the Discord again, though Strickland Discord. If you're not the Strickland patron on Patreon, definitely go hit that up. Patreon.com/slash/Strickland. Uh, but Mikey wants to know two questions. All right, so first question: Are we still salting the pasta water in 2023? This is an easy one. Yes, obviously, yeah, always, mm -hmm. always. Always salt yeah. pasta water. It's very good. I salt the pot. I'm devout about that. Like I do that even just like for box mac and cheese. Like salt that pasta water. It comes out. Oh uh, yeah, I do it for anything. Same. And I make a lot of box mac and cheese for the kid. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's the only thing she'll eat, and I'm like, well, she wants it salty. Of course she does. She's a human being. She wants it to taste good. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then, what do you think is each Nick's favorite Italian dish? Oh man, we should probably make this rap fire because there's so many guys. I'm gonna need to like pull up the roster because I, I wish I had time. I saw this earlier and just didn't have time to like think about it. This is one I, that I would spend way too much time prepping. If I were hosting back in the day, I'd have like a little joke for all of them. But yeah, I see, I didn't. I didn't either. But I like just going off the cuff with these sort of questions. Uh, uh. So. I'm going to read you names, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. All right, you ready? Uh, RJ Barrett, favorite Italian dish? Meat, meatball sub. I was – wow, that's that's wild. I was thinking of sausage parm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sausage vibe. parm is probably is, – yeah, I like that a little bit better because it's a little uh, like fat boy or fat – I was going for like a fat boy meal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, sausage, you don't see that a lot. Anyway, yeah. Uh, sorry. What, what about Dante DiVincenzo? What are we thinking? Um, probably like a, a garlic and olive oil gavadil. I was I was thinking like an Alfredo, like a like fettuccine Alfredo kind of deal. Okay, same seems like ones. his deal. Seems like he goes pretty hard. Like based off all the 
all the uh, videos from him and uh, Brunson and and all them in college. Seems like DiVincenzo goes pretty hard. I feel like that's a good like day after drinking meal. Yes, and he definitely wants something from like a trattoria. Like he's not like yeah. a fancy boy. No, you know? he's like he like gets a slice of pizza on the side of his pasta kind of thing. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, uh, Two way player Jalen Martin. I feel like I don't know him well enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like a, a side of penne with marinara. Man, you want to talk about guys that weren't born for nine eleven? He was born in two thousand four. He's a baby man. He's still eating Chef Boyardee. I think yeah. that's that's what Jalen Martin's eating. He's so young. God, these these kids these days, they're so so young. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly. Veal Parmesan. Mm, that's a good. That's a good bet. Over right. spaghetti. It's we're really on the same wavelength. So I was kind of thinking chicken parm, but I, I mm. like veal. I like the veal better. That's a little classier. Uh, quickly is a fancy boy. He's he's. Fancy I saw him boy. eating something like really thinly pounded. Okay. <laughs> and I feel like the veal tends to be a little bit thinner. Than veal me. is definitely a little thinner. Veal is definitely Most treated more premium too, I feel like. Yes. Because it is. And that's why I think. Because you, you, you could pound a chicken thin as you know a sheet yeah. if you want to. And that's like a good one, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Quickly, quickly's fancy too. He goes to all those like all white clothes parties and all that crap with all the wrappers and everything. So like he's, he's living it up. So I, I feel like he'd order the veal. Yeah. He might uh, take his shirt off before he eats too. So he <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, all right. Hardenstein. Uh, veal Asabuco. Oh, oh, nice. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with your answer for that one. That sounds good. I, I can't think of anything different off the top of my head. Jalen Brunson. Uh, vegetarian lasagna. Hmm, I, that's actually my choice for Julius because he's he's very diet conscious. I'm gonna so I'll spoil my Julius pick. I was gonna say like penny vodka with chicken for for Jalen. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's do like two more players because this is getting boring already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, rapid fire. You don't really get to expound on why. All right, Mitch, Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> He gets a uh, lemon Italian ice. <laughs> that's actually. I wasn't even thinking. Of, I was thinking spaghetti and meatballs. So that's so much better. That's perfect. All right, <laughs> lemon Italian ice. All right, Julius Randle. I already said veggie lasagna. What's your pick? Uh, something annoying. Uh, <laughs> like one of those pizza cones. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, Julius's favorite Italian dish is pizza. And he asked his photographer to take a picture of him eating it with his wife while they're on vacation, <laughs> and feeding it to Kaiden. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move to our final question here. This comes from Twitter from uh, Gotham Nagesh at G Nagesh on Twitter. Uh, this is oddly specific, James. So I don't know what the story is here. Uh, Ask James about the time he dropped a piece of hot pizza in the West Village at 2 a.m. and woke up with second-degree burns on his foot. <laughs> so Gautam is one of uh, – he, he's my boy. He's uh, one of my best friends in the world, and I met him in college. And uh, in between, I think, our our freshman and sophomore year, he was living in the NYU dorms during the summer, and I went to visit him because I lived in New Jersey. And it was great. I could stay out all night in the city and get into all kinds of mischief. And one night we were out, you know – taking liquid cocaine shots and uh, blacking out uh, as we did in those days. And I uh, dropped a piece of pizza on my foot 
I was wearing Birkenstocks. And I woke up in the morning, and I guess I didn't do too good a job of getting, like, the molten hot cheese off of my foot. And I had – not only was my foot burned, but it had, like, enormous uh, – Blisters. Blisters. <laughs> uh, legit second-degree burns. Um, a friend of ours was having a party in Connecticut that night. So instead of, like, getting it taken care of, I went to Connecticut for this guy's party. Probably got blackout drunk again. Came home the next day, went to my mom and was like, don't be mad, but I think I need to go to the hospital. I've got these massive blisters on my feet. You know, the, you know, the hospital's like, well, did you go to Famous Rays? And all these you know, jokes, blah, blah, blah. They had to drain them. I had, I had to, like, go back to the hospital once a week to have, like, my wounds dressed. But to this day, I, I know that Gautham dropped the pizza on my foot. And he claims that I dropped it on my own foot. And so it's like... It's a little inside baseball between me and my boy Gautham, but uh, I did once suffer second degree burns on my foot, which honestly, like props to that pizza place, because one of the my least favorite things is when you get a slice and like, I'm like, no, keep it in the oven. Like, don't take it out yet. Like, I want that shit hot. If this, um, if this won't fucking blister my foot, then I don't even want it. Uh, man, I just, I got so caught up in the moment that now I have to bleep myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. All right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's call it quits for this episode. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that good James anecdote from college to end this one. But we'll be back tomorrow with another episode where we're going to uh, get James's bold prediction for the year. We always get Gavin and Mize, uh usually like three times for offseason when we don't have anything to talk about. So we're going to get James's bold prediction for the season. To start next episode, we'll talk about James's day job a little bit, whatever he can disclose working for NBA 2K, get some inside scoop on how cool the game's going to be this year, uh, and then also talk more about food because people love asking James about food. So that's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Knicks. But for today, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>